I'll have a blue Christmas without you I'll be so blue just thinking about you You'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white But I'll have a blue, a blue, blue, blue Christmas Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same if you're not here with me. And when those blue snowflakes start falling, that's when those blue memories start calling you'll be doing all right with your christmas of white but i'll have a blue a blue 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 christmas but i'll have a blue a blue, blue, blue Christmas. Oh, hello everyone. Today is August the 24th, 2019. It was a beautiful day here in Chicago. And I had a crazy day. I had some very manipulative passengers. I drive for a paratransit service here in Chicago, which means that I drive people who have disabilities, people who have mobility impairments. They may have trouble walking. They may use a cane, a walker. They may use other mobility devices like electronic wheelchairs or just regular wheelchairs but I had some manipulative passengers and I can't blame them outright because I know that God brought that event to me at least that's what I've been told by Jesus that uh, there is a law of attraction and basically what this law says is that every event that you experience in your life is an event tailor-made for you for you for yours truly for you yourself and you um, this is an event every event that you experience is an event signed sealed and delivered straight to you straight to your door and it's tailor-made with you in mind 
sparing no detail. God has created a universe, a playground for you to dwell in, and every moment of every day is a gift in this wider gift of life. You have the choice, you have the ability, the capability to experience. And uh, this is some, this is a very unique thing that you have as a creation of the Most High. And uh, some of these, these events that are delivered to you, you may not like. You may, you may say, why has this happened to me? Why is it that they didn't pay me how much I, I expected them to pay me on payday? Why is it that I sent a text to my boyfriend and he didn't respond for two whole days? Why is it that I had sex with my lover and she got off but didn't care that I got off? Why did that dog bite me on the leg? Uh, why did my cereal spill on the floor and now, damn it, I have to clean it all up? You might have those reactions. Um, I stubbed my toe. All kinds of things. That guy hit me. And, and, and drove away. Is there no justice in this world? You may have some kind of experience. Oh, I got a pimple right in the middle of my forehead. And I'm going to a party later. Damn it. But... The nice thing about the Law of Attraction is it also brings you beautiful events, beautiful happenings. Every nice thing, every wondrous thing that fills you with a sense of uh, joy and gratitude and pleasure, the good soul-enriching, soul-filling type of pleasure, not the addictive kind of pleasure, which really is no pleasure at all. Those are also events signed, sealed, and delivered straight to you. No detail being spared. And what governs the delivery of these events? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is your very soul. Your very own soul. Yes. Yes, I'm speaking of your soul. Yes. If you were not aware that you had a soul, well... Allow me to elucidate you. You have a soul. This soul is the real you. And attached to your soul, if you are still living on the earth, is a physical body and a spirit body. And if you have passed and from the earth and you are somehow listening to this podcast, this very humble podcast, then... Well, now you only have a spirit body and a, a soul because your physical body is now 
either completely gone, uh, absorbed into all the elements in the physical world, or it is rotting somewhere, hopefully in the ground, where it ought to rot. So yes, your soul is governing the way in which all of these varied events are delivered to you. You might say that your soul is attracting these events. Huh. How about that? So, somebody gives you 50 bucks. The person you like kisses you on the cheek. And you get the flutters. Um, you bang your knee against the table by accident. A bird poops on your head. <laughs> um, you forgot to bring in your assignment to school but it was a snow day and there is no school today huh. all these varied events the good, the bad the ugly and the wondrous are, are events that you have attracted because you have a soul that is always attracting so for those in very low conditions and I don't necessarily mean economic conditions you can be you can be very rich and be you know in a very low condition and you can be very low hearted I almost I almost said low minded um, it is worthwhile to consider what this person or if that is you what you are attracting I feel that that's the end of my little uh, explanation. If I were to attempt to go any further, I would be uh, transgressing beyond the boundaries of my knowledge, and I do not want to do that. But anyway, yes, I had a very interesting day today, very manipulative passengers. I had a lot to learn and I chose not to learn it. I, uh, the best thing you can do when you experience an event, good or bad, is to feel how you feel. These events that are signed, sealed, and delivered, sent straight to you, packaged neatly. If it makes you feel joyful, well, allow yourself to feel joyful allow yourself to be joyful and if it brings you if it if it if it connects you to some internal pain that you may have whether it be sadness or fear shame regret remorse guilt uh, anger that's a big one uh, or if you are compelled to engage in any one of your addictions it is worthwhile and helpful to feel that in that moment you banged your knee against the table ouch Ugh! if that makes you 
feel angry. Why did my daughter put this table here? I wasn't looking, but it was her fault that she moved the table. Why did she do that again? If you feel angry, it is worthwhile to then feel it. Take some time out, feel it. Don't do what I do today, what I did today. Don't ignore it. Instead of instead of what I felt like doing today was I felt like quitting my job. And I thought to myself, I don't know what lies beyond. I don't know how I might survive. I don't want to go back to the homeless shelter. And I don't see myself getting another job like this one. Not now, anyway. I don't know what the future may bring. I don't know what the future portends. And as far as I can tell, as far as my, my current feelings are, I want no more job. I don't want to work a job. I, I don't want the the eyes of the the bosses to be on me I don't want to slave away in some corporate environment I don't want to be compelled to do something that I don't want to do there are a few things in this world that I really want to do that I really feel are ethical I won't work in a gas station and um, put packages of death on the, the store shelves chips and, you know, caffeinated li- bottles full of liquid, um, sweets and gummies and candy bars and all these death foods. And then when someone uh, comes into my store, browses and picks a few foods of death, I don't want to allow them to buy it. I wouldn't receive their money. I would say, you know, Maybe you shouldn't buy that. And they say, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, I would like to buy this. I say, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's very good for you. And then they might uh, get angry and just leave. Or they might say, I'd like to see your manager, sir. Did you know what this guy said to me? Um, there was an opportunity to be... Uh, I was I was working for this temp agency, and they said, you know, there's a job for you, Theo. You can um, be a package deliverer. You, you'd be a, you'd, it would be a, dri- a, dri- a driving job. You could do that. And I thought, what kind of packages? I asked, what kind of packages? They said, well, uh, mostly liquor, alcohol. And I can't do that. I don't want to be in the business of distributing poison to people. So there are a few jobs that I could do, but um, I'm sure there are jobs that I can do. I'm sure there's some way in which I might actually help people. There's some way in which I might, you know, use some of the principles that Jesus taught me. By the way, if you don't know who this Jesus guy I'm referring to uh, is if you don't know who I'm referring to 
it is uh, the one Jesus himself, our brother, uh, a soul who has a soulmate, the historical figure you might know as Mary Magdalene. They did have a relationship in the first century, and lo and behold, they are back on the earth, thanks be to God, um, Allahu Akbar, <laughs> JK, <laughs> JK, uh, no, but seriously, it's pretty much a good thing, it's kind of a good thing, uh, sometimes I, I don't like what he has to say, truth be told, but, uh, I think a lot of what he has said has been, uh, elucidatory, has been education, educationer, Edumacationifying to me. It has been very edumacationifying to me. So, yeah. But uh, if you don't know who they are, uh, he's actually living with his soulmate in Australia. Theo, what, are, what the. What, what the fuck are you talking about, Theo? God damn it! Are you following another one of these goddamn cults? Oh, here's another glassy eyed, blind follower of some crazy guy. I, 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 I don't have the time to listen to this. You, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do something. Imp- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do some gar. I'm gonna go do some gardening. I don't have time for this glassy-eyed follower of a goddamn cunt. Uh, yeah. Think what you want. It's cool. And I'm not saying. You know, I'm not saying that jokingly for those who have no problem with what I'm saying. I'm sure there's some people that have no judgment. But for those that do, uh, I know that some people might react in such a way. Yeah, I don't have the, I don't have the time to uh, listen to the... Yeah, so he's in Australia, and uh, he has created a company that he's using to funnel funds. Oh, I see. <laughs> I get it. He's just one of those corrupt, money-hungry... Uh, crazy cult leader. That's yeah, I, I pegged him from the beginning. I, I could tell from the he's you know he's all about the money. That's what it is. It's, it's all about that money for you know I I know these kinds of people. These corrupt, corrupt to the core individuals. Um, think what do you want. My my experience is that he's a decent fellow and uh, he has a lot of great things to say. He's very honest, very respectable, very respectable indeed. So. If you would like to find out more, you can go to divinetruth.com. That is D-I-V-I-N-E-T-R-U-T-H dot C-U-O-M. <laughs> and you can find his website and get more information about what they're doing. And you can also search Divine Truth at, in YouTube. Put that in the search bar. And you will also find him that way. There's another channel that's popular with about the same amount of subscribers that's also called divine truth that you might find don't look for the blonde haired gentleman look for the uh darker haired brown blackish haired gentleman who is in the picture with a woman a lady who also has dark hair that would be mary and jesus one soul two uh two different people. Well, they're actually kind of the same person as far as having a soul, but they they each have a physical and spiritual body at this time. 
you you'll understand that more if you look into it. Anyway, so that's that's what I'm talking about. I have listened to many of his teachings, and I found I find many of of what he has to say, many of, many of his teachings to be very profound, and I hope that other people find and and learn from him, find him and learn from him, and her. So that's my little spiel on that. But yeah, going back to what I was saying, like at this point in my life, you know, like. I'm very fed up with my work, and it's an ongoing thing. It's like this ongoing issue that I have where I'm fed up with my work. I've been fed up with working forever. And uh, a lot of it has to do with anger that I have. You know, I feel like I'm a very lazy person, and I, I'm very afraid of people calling me lazy and calling me out on being lazy. And um, I want to minimize the possibilities for such. A thing to happen and so I kind of try very hard to just check the boxes dot every I and you know cross every T and just just make do there's a lot of things that I do wrong I'd like to hide those things I actively hide those things I feel that I betray myself when I fail to tell the truth about the fact that I'm hiding things that um, they would have me do things like coming to in our buses you know we have we have to follow uh some of the regulations of the u.s where you know if you drive passengers if you're uh if you drive a large vehicle that has passengers you have to stop in front of railroad tracks for instance you have to come to a complete stop 15 to 50 feet in front of a railroad track and you have to then roll down your window and open up your passenger door and listen for the sound of a train then you close your your driver's side window and your passenger door once you uh hear that there's no train horn and you look both ways and then you move forward well I don't want to take the time to open up my window and open up the passenger door because I feel like that's an inconvenience. I have to put the vehicle in park before I do that. That's one extra second doing that. And once I put the vehicle back in drive, that's another extra second that I have to use and another little thing that I have to do in order to follow the regulations and the law. And I'm personally not interested in doing that and I've heard that I can get a ticket from the police if I do that maybe give my company a worse reputation but I don't care and that's just one little example there are many examples I'm supposed to wear a badge on my shoulder what I do is I I put the band on my shoulder so that everyone at work can see it and then once I'm on the road once I'm in my own little vehicle and I'm driving around picking up and dropping off my passengers, then I take it off because I don't like wearing that band. And and they caught me once and I was, you know, had to sign a form saying that I acknowledge that, you know, I was told, I was reprimanded, you might say. And I actually did take some steps to, like, I, I put a bobby pin in the badge instead of putting, you know, a, uh, and, and took it out of the band thing. This might all be not interesting to you. And so I feel like I should not 
continue and dally in this way, talking to you about all these little problems. I'm sure you yourself know what it is to cut corners, know what it is to hide certain uh, things that you are asked to do, certain things that you are contracted to do, because everything is a contract. That's something else. That's a big old tangent I might get into. I'd love to talk more about contracts at some point. But in every job that you engage in, every, every you know, yeah, every uh, employee-employer situation that you engage in, you create a contract. I mean, someone else might create a contract for you, but in agreeing to that contract, it's almost as if you have created the contract as well, because you are affirming the uh, you are affirming your side of the bargain, as it were. So you're affirming that you will do the things that you, per the contract, are obligated to do, and in return, uh, the person you are agreeing to, or the person you have uh, made this agreement with will uh, do the things that they are obligated to do. So in the case of an employee-employer situation, if you are the employee, you must do the things that they have, usually the employer, you know, creates the contract, but you can deliberate a little bit. But, um, you know, you have to do what they say. And in return, their side of the of the the bargain is that they will insure you, they will pay you if you get hurt, if you, if you are injured on the job. They will pay you generally. They will provide you with a paycheck every so often that they dictate, be it a salary every month or every week or every two weeks or however they do it bonuses yes bonuses no um, that is how a contract works and by not fulfilling your side of the contract you are not so here's another thing yeah you're, you're breaking the contract essentially so every day I go to work and I break the contract another thing that I do is I use my cell phone at work while I drive now that's a big no-no and I kind of know that but I do it anyway and that's something that I can get immediately fired for um, in my mind I use it and it makes sense because you know and this is an excuse but I use it because uh, it has GPS that shows uh, accidents on the road and slowdowns on the road and other routes that I can take whereas the GPS service that I am given does not do that and instead uh, is a very outdated map so that's my excuse I, I use this excuse to break the contract and I don't tell anyone about it and I have been using my cell phone consistently for about a year and the moment that I did that I chose to tell anyone about it, I would immediately be fired. And that is just one of the many tortures that I inflict upon myself because I choose to betray 
the contract and and lie about it and another thing that I could talk about is lies let's talk about lies real quick let's talk about honesty so what is honesty and what is dishonesty honesty is not only I, I would put it to you that honesty is not only telling or or, or, or deciding not to tell lies well let, let me let me put it another way dishonesty is not only telling a lie so someone says hey Theo are you going to uh, uh, do you, are you still gonna pay me back um, the the 20 bucks that I, I lent to you and then you say and then I say <laughs> Uh, yes, I will. I will give you the money tomorrow. And in your heart, you know full well that you have no intention, no plans to give that money to the person tomorrow. In fact, the money that you will get tomorrow, you will use to go see a movie with your friend. And that costs a total of $20. And so, you know that if, if any money came into your hand, you would use it for other things and you would not pay your friend. So you... Uh, you try to ignore the fact that this friend of yours might ask you a second time at some point and thereby, you know, you might feel some pressure. You try to ignore that and just put it out of your mind. But you have, tell, you have told an untruth, a falsehood, you have misrepresented yourself, and you have lied. That is the plain Jane variety of lies. But I would put to you that there is a second kind of, of lying. There's a second kind of dishonesty or a second area of dishonesty. And that would be uh, what you might call obfuscation. Obfuscating. O-B-F-U-S-C-A-T-E. Obfuscate. Uh, and another way to, to say obfuscation is... Uh, the white lie. You would give a white lie, and you would tell a half-truth. So, someone might ask you, uh, Theo, are you going to pay me the 20 bucks you owe me tomorrow? And you would say, yeah, or you, maybe, maybe you wouldn't say yeah, you would say, I am getting the money tomorrow. So that's not saying, yes, I will pay you the 20 bucks, that's only saying the half-truth. You're 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 saying that I I will have the money tomorrow, but you're not affirming that that yes you will give that money, you will return that money to the person you owe it to. So that is giving only part of the truth when obviously the whole truth was requested. So that is a white lie. Uh, it's also something you might do when you kind of a, attempt to distract the person from the original uh, you know request you might do something to kind of uh, make them you know yeah basically be distracted that would be you might say a, an obfuscation oh let's talk about this oh my god did you see that whoa look over there and then you run away <laughs> uh, a third element of dishonesty is withholding so withholding is what I do at work 
Withholding is having something in your heart that you would like to say and deciding not to say it. Withholding. So uh, this might come as a surprise to some people. Um, I've had pedophilic thoughts in the past. I've had feelings where I was attracted to uh, underage, you might say, girls. And that is something I have admitted on my YouTube channel, Theo Kirkley. But I have not admitted it in many other places. Only a, a, a few people I know will see my YouTube channel. There are not that many people who truly care to watch what I have to say. And I'm currently, you know, that's something I have to deal with. And uh, I know that if I choose to make videos of better production value, then perhaps more people will see it. If I choose to improve myself, you know, I will be a better deliverer of information. And that will probably encourage people to, to watch what I have to say. I have more views on my I'm a pedophile video than some others, but anyway. I have admitted it there, but in some other places, I will not admit it. I am too afraid to admit it. I give in to my fears. So, basically what I do is I withhold it. And I'll give you a quick example. I once um, was driving along. It was nighttime, and I had a very... Um, amiable passenger with me and he talked about his long and storied life and it was fascinating it was endlessly fascinating basically he came out of a situation where he was kind of a kind of a thug but not your average thug he was more like a, a kind of a crook and not even a, a mean crook he he didn't strike me as being a very mean crook. He was kind of just a... I don't know the word for it, but... Uh, just a... I almost want to say low life, but... Um, he was in an unfortunate situation, and he made some uh, unfortunate choices, you might say. And he would wheel and deal and uh, just make it by. And he would be caught dealing, I believe, uh, doing some small-time drug dealing and whatnot, and uh, trying to uh, pull off a, a, a robbery here and there. Anyway, he was finally caught and uh, put away for some time, and he recovered. And after recovering, he chose to help other people, and it was very inspiring. But he told me about his time in prison, and he, he said, you know, pedophilia, I won't understand. These pedophiles out there, I, I won't understand it. And he was kind of harping on that subject. He was harping on it. And uh, whenever I thought that he might move on to something else, which internally I hoped he would, I would find that he, he remained on that topic. You know, these pedophiles, you know, something needs to be done about them. You know, in prison, we actually do this and this to them and he spoke about some violent things that they did to pedophiles and that's kind of a common thing that you hear that is done so it felt in that moment that this was a moment in which I could share I could share something about myself and it would uh, 
it would share a part of me that seems to be, you know, it, it, it seemed to be momentous in that moment. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little redundant, but it, it was momentous to, to share that I myself am a, a pedophile. And yeah, even just that. Now, some people would say, Thea, why on earth would you share that with someone that you don't know? You know, you don't know what could happen. He might explode on you. He might, he might hurt you. He might kill you. You know, and he was talking about, you know, how people would, you know, be very violent with pedophiles. And so, you know, that's what I, that's what I thought about how this night where I'm all alone with this gentleman in a vehicle and we have a pretty decent rapport and I don't think that he's that way, but maybe he is, you know, who knows? I, I gave into my fear and I didn't share, but I feel in that moment that that is withholding. That was a choice that I made to withhold a a a an aspect of myself that it was momentous to share, and so that is another uh, part of dishonesty. That's another element of dishonesty. Um, what it does when you uh, decide to withhold what you're doing is you're betraying yourself. You um, you hurt yourself and you hurt the relationship with the person that you're with. You, you fail to share something that is, you know, meaningful in that moment. So that I, 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 I struggle to describe what that might do but I will say that I feel the consequences of that I will often walk away from situations where I have withheld and I know that I could have said something and I failed to say it and it, it does not feel good I, I feel pain in that and I often wish that I had you know in hindsight but you know that doesn't necessarily mean that I will in the future um, and that's also how I feel when I lie and that's also how I feel when I uh, do a white lie or obfuscate so that's dishonesty and coming back around to the subject I brought up earlier that's a lot of what I do at work and I know I'm doing it to myself I know that I I'm also hurting those around me by preventing them from knowing the truth about myself, from getting uh, accurate information. My, you know, who's to say that they actually want to know, but whether they want to know or not, it is loving. It's the right thing to do to tell the truth, to not withhold, you know. Let's say I work a contract for three months, and for those three months, I do 90% of what I'm asked to do, and I fail to do 10% of what I'm asked to do. You know, it to me, it's the loving thing to do to mention the the 10% that you don't want to do. And if they fire you on the spot, or maybe they'll keep you, you know, you've still done the right thing. Maybe they'll work with you. Maybe you, you'll come around to do one or two things that you, you've previously decided not to do. Maybe you'll see another way to do it if there's a reason why you chose not to do that thing. If there's a reason why you chose not to fulfill your contract entirely. But let me come back around to one thing about withholding that I'm holding in my mind, and that is that you can also withhold 
good things. You can withhold, you know, uh, happy news. You can withhold the fact that you're excited about something. You know, someone just gave you uh, some, you know, the news that they got cancer. And then after they explain all that happened and the fact that they got cancer and how they learned about it and what they have to do now, as far as they're concerned, then they ask you, so what are you doing? What's going on with you anyway? And it just so happened that you secured tickets to Disney World. You're going on this great little adventure somewhere. And uh, it just seems like the wrong thing to do to say that at that time. It just seems that that might be too great of a juxtaposition, too great of an opposing idea to the the topic which was just raised, which is the fact that your friend has cancer. And so in that moment, you choose not to divulge, not to disclose the fact that you are going on this great trip that you have been thinking about for some time, and boy, it's going to be great, and you're so excited to go and do it. So that is an example where you might withhold something that you're happy about. So in my case, I'm, I'm, I'm not so happy about the fact that I am a pedophile. And, that is, and, and when the moment arises where I could share that, and it's not all the time, I'm not saying it happens a lot, you know, I'm not going to get some watermelon Italian ice at the restaurant across the street and when he hands it to me and says, here you go, I'm not going to say to him, oh, thanks, brother. By the way, I'm a pedophile. That I'm not going to do. But uh, I do believe that, you know, there are those moments where it is, it is in line with love to bring up such information. Uh... So yeah, you can withhold something good and something that is not so good. But coming back around to sharing about my personal life and my feelings about work, um, all these little things that I do, these these moments where I betray myself at work, um, the fact that I know that I'm involved in a job that I where I cannot be myself, where I'm not necessarily doing what I feel I was meant to do on this earth. For instance, I love talking to people. I love talking about different things. I love sharing. And I love hearing someone's honest uh, experience. I love hearing the truth from someone. And I love talking to people that are receptive to hearing some meaningful truth that might be helpful to them themselves. And so that might, you know, that might suggest that I would be better off in some kind of counseling role, for instance, or maybe some kind of teaching role. But instead of uh, moving forward in that direction, I instead continue to travel around and uh, pick up and drop off handicapped people and all that I am uh, asked to do as far as having a conversation with these people is to make sure not to rock the boat, to stay away from topics 
of religion and morale and and religion and politics which to me are really topics about morality and topics you know to do with one's own beliefs and opinions and talk about the weather talk about the sports teams and what they're up to talk about hobbies but don't get too personal don't ask personal questions either don't get into it with anyone so that seems to be to to me to be the one of the most vacuous you know vapid engagements that I can have with someone where I engage in small talk and for that reason I hate it and if I find myself beginning to uh, have small talk with someone uh, you know deal with stuff that to me are totally inconsequential and insubstantial I, 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 I shut well you could say I shut down and I stop conversing I'll, I'll, I'll make it obvious in some way without usually I'm not verbal but about it but I'll, I'll make it obvious in some way that I'm not interested in, in talking and so usually the you know usually I drive in silence and sometimes here's another thing that I experience at work people get angry at me people get angry that I have to go here and there to pick up other clients and I might drop them off before they ha they are get dropped off where they're supposed to get dropped off at and that will make them incest uh, or you know what's the word just just you know angry and I might feel that anger and instead of acting to uh, attempt to you know instead of dealing with the fact that I now have anger projected at me I have to act nice do the customer service thing and uh, carry on you know which to me is so much bullshit because it's unloving to myself and to the other person that I would try to um, cater to their angry demands and also that I might try to calm them down in some way which is only you know c kind of a way of uh What's the word? Not badgering. Oh, there's a word for it. But uh, kind of putting someone down or condescending to them, it, it, uh, it'll come back to me. But uh, trying to calm, you know, now, 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 don't, it's all right. Don't worry about it too much. Something like that. You know, that's, that is a condescension, you know. And I don't like doing that. Um, if someone's angry at me, I think that needs to be dealt with. And furthermore, if someone is angry at me, I personally feel that there is the, I should not be providing that service to them. And I would give the advice to anyone in any field that if someone becomes angry and demanding towards you, when you are providing a service to them, stop providing the service you're in no shape to provide service to them when they are treating you in, in a certain way that is unloving, you know, in a very demanding, very angry way. And to actually continue to provide a service to someone who is angry and ungrateful, obviously if you're angry, you're, you're ungrateful, uh, would, be, would be damaging to the person who is angry 
contrary to what many people think, because you're feeding an addiction that they have to get what they want. So someone presents a demand that they have. I want my coffee now. You said that it was this much money and now you're charging me this much. I want it now to, to meet that demand and just say, Oh, I'm sorry. You know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to comp, uh, your bill. Don't worry about it. Uh, we apologize and we hope you have a wonderful day and they might walk away, you know, happy, but that's really just the pleasure that I mentioned earlier, the pleasure that you might get from fulfilling an addiction that you have, which really ultimately, as I said, is no pleasure at all. So my mouth is getting a little dry, but I think I will carry on anyway. So, um, I'm going to try and round out some of the points I'm making here. Um, that is the advice that I would give to anyone. Don't fulfill the needs of the angry. Don't fulfill the needs of the uh, demanding. And I know that would represent a sea change in the customer service field or really in any service. Or even if you're providing a product. It could be McDonald's. It could be any food service. It could be, um, you know, Best Buy technology. It could be uh you know a warehouse where they where where you're selling lamps or you know furniture if someone says i want this couch to be four hundred dollars why are you selling it to me for five hundred i went to another store and the same couch was was three hundred and fifty i think we can do four hundred and that's what we should do you know something like that that would be a very you know angry demand and at that point don't sell it to them that's what i would say don't even try and reason with them. You could say something like, uh, I'm not going to, you know, carry on with you while you're angry at me, and I'm going to ask you to leave. So please leave now. And if everybody did that, boy, would things change. If people uh, saw their angry demands being met with a firm and resolute uh response boy would things begin to change as we have it now and I'm, I'm finishing my tangent on this subject here as we have it now we have a philosophy of the customer always being right where where the customer is frequently wrong the customer is frequently unloving and nasty and we need to stop fi- uh, feeding the addictions of the customers of the angry customers because all they want is someone to cater to them and it's wrong to cater to someone who is you know unloving in that way that's all i have to say to that but that's because i have a a customer service job that's what i do deal with i have people that believe that they can attempt to control and manipulate my behavior uh by becoming angry with me and I allow that all the time. That is yet another suffering that I have, uh, you know, placed upon myself because I refuse to find another job. And who's to say that I won't, you know, inspire some change in, in, in changing my own behavior? Let's say one day I don't meet with, uh, I don't meet the addiction of an angry passenger that day I say, you know what, ma'am, you're very angry with me. I would rather not 
drive you. I, I don't want to drive you while you are this angry at me. It's damaging to myself. Please get out of the vehicle. Now, the policy is not to do that, so I would be breaking the policy, but who knows? Maybe I have, maybe the stars will, will align. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, while this is highly implausible, it's not impossible. Perhaps the stars will align and my safety manager will say, you know what, Theo, I respect what you did. And we're going to uh, write a letter to corporate and, and talk about what you did and, and your feelings behind it and why you have decided to do that. And we need to change this policy. I see a future for your attitude, you know, you know, in the larger context of the way that uh, we provide service to people. I'm, you know, th this sounds like, you know, a, a happy Hollywood ending. I'm not saying that it would happen exactly like that. But, there, you know, the, the alternative, which I often believe, is that the, the angry passenger leaves my vehicle. They immediately call uh, the company and say, can you believe what your employee just did? Blah, 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 blah. And then they proceed to get me fired. So while that's highly, that is highly plausible, uh, I'm not going to be someone who says that it's it's impossible that the other that the other thing would would not happen because uh, I think there might have been too many negatives in that. But I'm sorry. But uh, basically, what I'm saying is that uh, I, I I remain hopeful enough to believe that you know the highly implausible might happen. And I might encourage by my behavior uh, something to change, and I might, in fact, keep my job if that's what I want, because that is what I want. I like the security of my job. I'm attached to the security of my job. So fearing that I would lose my job, I comply with the policies. I remain in the job that I do not believe is helping me in the long run. I do not believe that I'm helping my, you know, the people that I associate my, with myself, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, the, the passengers, you know, these are people, these are my brothers and sisters under God that I am associating with, and I don't believe that I'm really helping them because I meet their demands, I, I lose the opportunity to truly get to know them because I can't have personal communications with them, personal conversations with them, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very demoralizing that I continue in this way. Well, you might say, you know, Theo, you could, you could look for another job. Why don't you do that? And uh, I honestly, between you and me, I get to that point and I just say, you know, no one, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. I just, I, 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 in fact, rarely even start. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I search around for other jobs. Sometimes I think about it. I spend some time thinking about it. But it really, it rarely gets beyond that point because I have this barrier there that I refuse to feel. Something to do with, oh, I'd never make it in something that I like to doing. Oh, it's impossible that you can actually survive in this world and make enough money to sustain yourself in a career that you actually enjoy. It's impossible to, to do something that you actually want to do in the way that you want to do it in as loving a fashion as you might, you know... Uh, hope for yourself 
you know, in this case, like I would say, you know, I, let's say I was a counselor. I would probably be a very different counselor than most counselors because, for one thing, I wouldn't charge. I wouldn't uh, say there is a price for this counseling session. I would say you can give however much money you want to give. You can donate however much money you want to donate, and that's it. That's it. And, um, you know, give however much you want. And if I didn't get enough resources over time, I would close down, you know, the way in which I'm counseling. Or I'd, or I'd you know, cut cor- cut some costs somewhere. But that and other things. Uh, you know, here's another thing I would do as a counselor. Let's say I book an appointment with someone at 4 p.m., on Thursday and uh, I allot one hour to speak with them and they have an expectation that they will have an hour to speak with me they might have even uh, given me a sizable donation Uh, they might you know whereas the the market common price is say 60 bucks let's say for an an appointment they might give me they might go above and beyond and give double triple that let's say they might give me a total of 180 dollars wow how about that okay but 10 minutes into what is expected to be an hour-long conversation i find that they are attempting to get their addictions met with me. In this case, it would, pro- it would probably be emo- emotional addictions. And let's say I uh, properly uh, share this fact with them, and uh, they become angry with, with me. I would then, at that moment, stop the session and I would ask them to leave so that would be something very different that I would do as a counselor that others that I don't see other people thinking of doing anyway guys and girls I have I'm learning from this app here that I have only an hour to share Um, I'm going to quickly uh, round out my arguments and be brief so basically today I failed to uh, properly dream, to properly pray, to properly feel my fears about what it might be like to find another job. I I failed to act, which would be a great way to expose my fears. If I were to pray about getting another job, I would expose fears. If I were to actually sit down somewhere and search for other jobs that I could do, if I were to actually, you know, go through the process of applying to other jobs, get all the the things I need to get together to apply for those jobs, I would certainly expose those fears, and I did not do that. And at this point in my life, I don't believe that there is something else out there for me, and I know that I am in error feeling that way. So if you have an event in your life where you, uh, you know, and, and it's every event, really, where where... You know, something came to you, signed, sealed, and delivered to you, and it makes you feel a certain way. I suggest that you feel it. 
and I realize that I'm saying that and and also saying do as I say not as I do because I don't practice what I preach and so that probably will discount the entirety of this recording I hope that's not the case I hope there's some cosmic justice and that I was somewhat helpful in in sharing this episode with you uh, but uh, I almost dare not believe that I might just go into self-judgment at this point uh, yeah in fact I, I I reflected earlier today that I I just I just I am that person that I I hate I hate the people that don't practice what they preach and yet I love preaching and I hate practicing so maybe that's all I can share with you today this hypocrite talking to you from one end and you listening from the other end and that's all that I can share perhaps the only value that you can uh, derive from this is the fact that you engaged with a very fallible human being and you may have mistakenly believed that you know there was something here that you could gain from when really it's more of like an object study or I don't know what you'd call it but you know this is more of a study of another person all right guys it's coming up to an hour and I need to cut this off so I will simply end it there. Farewell.